Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And uh, just got through with the primaries here in Florida and uh, just some interesting stuff going on and just the fact that a lot of people did not, um, no matter how convenient it was made, they just did not vote as Kind of sad. I'm calling y'all out. Next time, you know, you, you got time to get ready for November. If you have not registered, please register. If you need to change up information, change it up. Uh, didn't see a whole lot of problems at the precinct where I worked yesterday, but the main problem was um, three precincts actually where we were um, working. Only 141 people voted. I'm calling y'all out. Three precincts, 141 people voted. Not a good thing. So I hope to see more numbers next time. Not that I want to work harder. I just want everybody's voice to be counted and heard. In the meantime, today we have a man that's got so much information. We're going to talk about back school. We're going to talk about Black Business Month. And we're going to talk about fitness with Marion Trainer. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning. I am doing awesome. Great. Great. Thanks me? for coming back. Yes, sir. I can hear you. Thanks for coming uh, back. Always. always. So, so let's start with the school stuff. I want to get a little bit of insight, give our viewers, or excuse me, listeners, <laughs> maybe I'm speaking stuff. Anyway, give our listeners a little insight in terms of what school was like for you, what were your school memories like, and what kind of, uh, I guess, advice you would give the kids that are back in school or going back to school now. Uh, well, I look forward to it. I enjoy school because, you know, I grew up in the country, so, you know, uh, <laughs> you either going to work during the summer or you're going to be outside in the hot sun. So going back to school is fun <laughs> compared to that. And the advice I would go back, go back with the zeal that you, you made it another year and you're going forward, and that's just a part of your journey in life, and enjoy it. Did you have any favorite subjects? Uh, I love math, and I love uh, language arts. Wow, so you just kind of covered it, covered it all. Uh, what, what, and what, did, what drew you to it, and um, how did any of that, I guess, relay in terms of what you chose as a career? <clears throat> well, it might sound, sound a little funny, but the math part is I learned how to count the money and know what, 
what goes where, how much is this, how much I got going out, how much I got going in. Math, math came in very well, and even about me investing for myself as well. Um, as far as language art, it just gave me a good love for reading and being able to understand when I did write something, I knew how to put my words together so it fit and make the sentence a real sentence. Do you take time out to read now? I know it's quite hard for a lot of people. I know for me personally, I mean, I I used to love to read. It's just hard to take that time out, especially to read for pleasure. Oh, I I do it all the time. But, you know, I'm always, you know, in the business that I'm in, of course, I have a love for the the human body. And I have a love, lots of motivational stuff. So that that, that keeps me going. and, uh, And I just love reading. I love learning. There's always something to learn. So what do you, would you say were your most challenging times when you were in school? If I had to say the most challenging times in school, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, you know, the, honestly, the most challenging time is dealing with people, kids, other kids. Because other kids can be cruel uh, and very judgmental. And, of course, I look back at it now, those are the ones who really aren't doing well. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. Now, how much do you think is, when we look at situations like that, how much do you think is actually on the kid or kids, and how much do you think is on the parents in terms of maybe the kids trying to replicate what they see with their parents? Uh, that could be pressure from many ways, from from all different angles. Because if you're trying so hard, you know everybody goes after that. You got to be a a student, a student. I mean, the goal is to try to learn the material, not memorize it. So it makes you better. But if you're being graded on just whether it's an A or a B or a C, that could be a lot of pressure for a kid. So do you think maybe some modifications need to be made in terms of how we teach? Oh, absolutely. Stop teaching kids for memorization and teach them to learn. It's just a lot of pressure on kids to get something within six weeks and then take a test, and they may not be able to retain it, and then it's on to the next thing. So do you think that um, – all kids learn the same because one of the things that I think is that all kids don't necessarily learn the same. You know, kids come you know, already with different personality styles. Some kids read well. Some kids are auditory. They, you know, they listen well. Some kids, you know, uh, they, they're like my mom used to say there's book smart and there's common sense smart. Um, and so mm-hmm. maybe – some kids need a different way of having the information relayed. What do you think? Oh, all kids uh, do learn differently. I mean, there's some kids who may look at uh, learning differently, like, and they've been labeled, like, either they're going into what they call special education when they really might have a little dyslexia. That's true, And then too. they're being singled um, out. Yeah, yeah. So maybe a lot of stuff has to do with what their challenges are physically and mentally before they even get into the classroom. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think they do it as much as they did years ago about testing kids. And if you test them, are, are, 
Are you testing us for the weakness so you can help us? Right, and I don't know if that's because you were, one of the things that you just mentioned was that fear of labeling. What if my child gets tested and, you know, they're labeled dyslexic? Or what if my child, child gets tested and labeled um, um, ADHD or, you know, um, just whatever it is, rather than getting tested and find out exactly what the challenge is and, and work with that. Absolutely. I mean, we even have musicians and, and other, you know, people, you know, inventors and whatnot that have had challenges. We we know of this, you know. I think if I can recall correctly, I don't want to get the wrong person, but I, I believe that Beethoven was deaf, you know. So if we, if we look into the history of a lot of the people that have contributed uh, greatly to our society, we may find that they came with their own set of challenges. Yeah, it's just somebody believed in them. Somebody basically was like, okay, I believe in you and I'll give you a chance. And the school system is, you know, okay, the the process can get crowded, so you're like, oh, we don't have time. So you lump that person into a group of kids that you feel like have what they call a learning disability. Yeah, this and a lot of times to be present. Right. And a lot of times that's not the case. The case is not necessarily disability. The case is, is how that child is, you know, tends to learn, and it's just different. It's not wrong. And it is different. It's just that, you know, we as a society haven't really honed in on that. So that's where the responsibility of the parent needs to come in and communicate with the school, and then you just go get the extra help that the kid may need. And that's a that's a challenging thing with the way society is run both parents have to work, everybody's busy, 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 and you don't have enough time to really take, give your kid what they actually need so they can be able to succeed. Now, how much do you think um, government is involved or should be involved? Like I said, for us here in Florida, we just, you know, came out of a, um, our primaries. We were selecting um, school board members and, and other people that, play a role in, in decision-making for our schools. And, you know, how, I guess, how important do you think their role is or what do you think their role should be in terms of, you know, determining how our kids learn? Well, I think the government should be working with the states, and the states should be putting programs in place to be able to communicate with the government what they need versus the government assuming or they're looking at a, or a general a general topic or part of it. So if the states and the government would communicate, then you probably will get a better situation for it so, so the kids can be in. Now, did you have, you said you had math and language arts as, as a favorite. Do you think that we should be placing more emphasis on either one of those? I mean, because we seem to be falling behind on a global scale, and, and especially in math. Uh, I think they're very important because first you learn the basics and then you get a little more advanced, and, and most people are like, well, the advanced stuff, that well, how if I know if I'm going to need it? And I've always, I've always had this idea of me personally feeling like, once you get to the eighth grade, you should know what path that that kid should be on. And some kids may not be on the path to go to college, but they may be on the path that a vocation t- 
teaming up, teaming up with the, the technical college, and that person may wind up being a better uh, electrician, uh, a plumber. That might be in his in his that might be in their DNA that they're good with their hands. They're good with you know hand eye right. coordination. Right, and I think it's important it's a that group, we a joint get, effort. Right, I think it's important we get kids, you know, to understand too, and get teachers to help them understand. Just because something that you're taught in school is called algebra or geometry or calculus in school doesn't mean that you'll never use it. It's just not necessarily called that. It's just incorporated in terms in, into the type of of uh, job or career that you have, you know, but, you know, trying to figure if you're, for example, if you are a contractor, you know, you're going to use probably a lot of geometry, um, figuring yeah. out angles Measure. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But they don't say, oh, I'm going to do some geometry today. <laughs> it's not like that. It's just no. what is, you know, <laughs> it is just the, the type of uh, math that you're using in order to uh, be able to function in that particular job. So I think one of the things we have to do is, is make sure that whatever we're teaching in school helps the ch- children learn what maybe the real-life applications could be uh, when mm-hmm. they're learning it because that's, you know, that's kind of what you alluded to in terms of when you're in school, you're kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to use this for? And I, I think a lot of times we don't, teach our kids what they're going to use certain lessons for. Oh, that is absolutely true. Well, it's absolutely true. I mean, when I was in school, vocation was a big thing. You choose if you want to do auto mechanics, you want to do building construction. And actually, uh, a kid I knew graduated with me, he's like a big-time contractor now. And I'm sure doing that in high school led to him saying, okay, and somebody talking to him, and help him catapult to where he is today was very helpful. If you had to tell a, a child one thing that was entering school for the first time uh, this year, what would you tell that child? Uh, go in and go in and make the best of it. And what you don't know, ask questions. Ask lots of questions. If you have lots of questions, ask questions. Because when you don't ask questions, you're left to assume or feel like nobody cares. And I will or say the fear one thing. Looking stupid. Yeah, I will say one thing too. Don't be afraid to ask mm-hmm. questions. And if you are not getting your questions answered, because I had a teacher once that I remember that got upset with me for asking questions because. You know, I was in a math class, and I was getting the answers, but I was coming about it differently. And I wanted to know, okay, so what is, is, if what I'm doing is wrong, how do I correct this? And, you know, I was a very inquisitive child. Well, the thing about it is you have teachers sometimes that don't have patience, which they really don't need to be in the classroom anyway. But mm-hmm. basically you need to teach your children if they are not getting their questions answered, number one, come back and tell the parents. Number two, yeah. maybe find another teacher or someone um, within the school system that is going to answer the questions, you know, as long as they're, you know, useful and not, not frivolous and, and could be helpful to the child. I think that's very important. Well, if I, if I had to say what I noticed from 
my time in school into what is now. The teachers I had was older, and they had such a strong love for teaching the youth. Now they're a lot younger, and they want more also. So if their income is an issue, especially if they're single, they're probably not they, – they may feel they have a passion for teaching, but when the rent's due, that's a lot of stress. Yes, it is. And, I mean, I like I was, have mentioned on previous shows uh, that I even ran into a teacher uh, at Walmart, and she was trying to get organizers for her classroom. And, you know, there were these bins that were on sale. I had already gotten some, and I was just kind of looking to get some more, and they had, they had restocked clearance rack and she was filling her basket with all of these bins. This was coming out of her pocket and if she has to worry about that, you know, it's going to be hard to focus on the actual lessons that need to be taught. You know, equipment is not something that should that should be on a teacher's uh, mind when they're trying to teach the basics to our kids. Oh, so. absolutely. That has been a that has been an ongoing problem for years now. Teachers having to come out of their pocket because they don't have enough supplies uh, given to them by the school. So I mean, there there are creative ways, but I think that's when you got to have the community involved. That's true too. I think it's very important when everybody gets behind uh, the child and the, and uh, try to help make the system better for the person that's teaching too. Yes. So. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, thanks for sharing that. And when we come back, it's Black Business Month. We want to talk to you about being a black business owner, okay? Okay. So, all right. The number, if you have questions or comments, is 516-387-1944. We are here with Marion Trainer. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good uh, good morning still. Gosh, i got to stop rush, rushing these days. The year has gone by so fast on its own. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We have the privilege of talking with Marion Trainer. We we were talking a little bit about um, his school uh, days and his perspective and, uh, you know, just kind of chatting it up about what we um, perceive about what's going on with our schools. But now I want to talk to him about being a black business owner because it's uh, Black Business Month this month. And so how long have you been in business, Marion? Ooh, since I've been since 1996, 20, I think I'm like at 26 years, something like that, since 1996. 
How did you determine that that was where you wanted to be? Oh, my story is very interesting, and, uh, and I'll sum it up pretty quick so people can uh, understand it. I, in 1996, I had a courier business, and I got in a head-on collision car accident. And my little hobby I was doing at the time was bodybuilding, and a gentleman that I knew by the name of Ron Emmons was a judge, and he was like, uh, if you, uh, he came to the hospital to see me. I only talked with him one time. He came to the hospital and see me. Uh, he said, well, when you start recovering and you don't want to be at home be bored, you can come down to my personal training studio. So I went down there and started looking at what he did. He One day he left me with one of his clients and told me to go through a routine with him, and the rest is pretty much history. Wow, that's that just kind of shows you how sometimes you can't see the path, and, and I think it's very important. Sometimes God sees the path, and we have to recognize that sometimes oh, absolutely. It, it's, it's not necessarily in our plan. So, so um, when you you said you you started in fitness, what basically do you do, and do you have a particular focus? Uh, when I when I started, this is basically what I I was starting with overweight women, people who okay. that were struggling and did not want to go into the gym. Uh, actually, they were pointed my way. So I did a lot of research and and basically found out some of the, the triggers. Because sometimes everybody has this thing with people who are overweight, they think you eat a lot. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily true. And once I started so, learning the ins and outs of that, you said once you started learning the ins and out of that, um, yes. then now how did women feel about you? Because I, I know part of the thing I think is, is that women feel a little bit funny about the gym because there's usually, although that's changing, but it's usually just so many men and there's just kind of a particular uh, mindset that they think that goes on in terms of going to a gym. You know, uh, how did you get these women to become more active, and um, what kind of results did you see? Oh, anywhere from people losing lots of inches, losing up to 100 pounds, uh, feeling better about themselves. And we had, a, like, a private studio, so it wasn't like a regular gym. So they didn't have to come in there with that feeling all clammed up as if they went into an open gym, a commercial-type gym, and feel like everybody's staring at them because we had no more than like maybe four or five people in at one time because everything was done in sessions. Yeah, yeah. I so think, people were comfortable. Yeah, I think that's part of the thing that we have to do is is stop. I I, I know I'm getting away from the subject, but we got to stop um, making people, body shaming people when they come to the gym. I mean, for the most part, the reason they're coming to the gym is that they are in need of something, whether it's, you know, changing this outward appearance of their body or maybe doing something that is going to be beneficial to their health, even if the outside does not change. Um, and, And, you know, I'm not sure. I go to the gym now, and I've got. I actually go to the gym more than I ever have in my life, just to try to keep healthy. Um, you know, the body stuff. If that comes along with it, I'm happy for that too. I, I want that, but my thing is to stay healthy. But I see these 
especially women in the gym, I don't see, well, I'm not in the male locker room, so I don't know what goes on. I see these Mm -hmm. women in there taking these selfies in the gym and Mm -hmm. posing. And I'm like, what is that about? I I don't get it. I mean, why, and then why in the gym in front of everybody else? What, is there, you know, are you trying to get attention? Is that what you're needing? Or is there some particular reason? You know, I don't know how much I would want to be taking all those pictures. Even when I I was thin and wanted to be a model, uh, I just couldn't imagine doing all of that for just, for whom? For for what reason? So, do you see that happening? Um, oh, I and does it's a that, culture now. It, it's a culture now. That can be kind of intimidating for some that are, are dealing with those body, um, you know, issues, right? I would tell people to ignore that because that person, we don't know the background of what it took for that person to get to the point where they wanted to take pictures. Most of the time people take pictures, they're probably going to upload it to Snapchat Facebook, Instagram, because they have a page. A lot of people are doing what they call a fitness page. They're just showing okay. that journey. I see. Okay. Because I, I, to be honest, it got to the point, I guess, in our gym that I saw us, and the sign wasn't that big, so I don't know how much they were trying to discourage it, but they asked people mm-hmm. to stop taking the selfie pictures in the gym. You know, in the, the reason why itself. that is, the re- well, uh-huh. definitely in the locker room. And the reason why that is because if you take a selfie picture and you're not the only one in it, you're violating somebody else's privacy. I see. I see. Okay. Well, now you've got you've explained it both ways for me because I I just was like I don't I don't understand it, you know. And I guess that's me being old and older. And usually I'm just you know passing and trying to stay out of the way of the picture and like you know, but. I, yeah, I, and I did, had never noticed that uh, before, not much going into the gym. Um, I, I knew a couple of people that were doing it because they were, like, I guess trying to promote themselves. They were running marathons and stuff like that. So, you mm-hmm. know, I understood that. But I, that's a whole thing. Okay. All right. Well, you will not see me doing that. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> 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 so let's get back to you and the business. Um, going into business for yourself, what challenges did you face? Oh, just, you know, learning the ins and outs of the business. I mean, even to the point where uh, when I had eventually got my own studio, um, you had to deal with consumer affairs. It's just learning the, it's learning the, the system. Like, you okay. know, if you have equipment, you have to, you have to file this used tax. You have to pay this used tax because you use equipment to make money. Ah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> did you know that going in, or, or did you? I did not. You know, they have they not. have a lot of different things now that are accessible to small business people, like um, SBA and um, uh, for black businesses here locally, we have the Black Business Investment Fund. But and then there's um, SCORE, which is a group of uh, volunteer I went business people. You went to SCORE. Talk to people about mm-hmm. SCORE um, and your experience, experience with SCORE. And why did they you go? Are, I go because I was actually recommended to go there. And mm-hmm. they're, they're retired, retired people who – business people. They just retired business, mm-hmm. so they're giving you their insight, their knowledge, and guiding you. And when I went, I was doing the courier, courier business, and it was mm-hmm. 
I mean, it was a wealth of information because you had to learn about insurance, liability insurance. You know, if, if you damage something or you hurt someone, how's that going to work out? So once you learn the ins and outs about insurance, uh, keeping up with your taxes, all those, it might make some people sound like it's a fear, but it really isn't once you really get into it. Yeah, because I always say, you know, you you have to determine if you're a business, if there's a business that you want to start, in my opinion, if there's a business you want to start, you have to determine how much you want to focus on or, or, or if you are capable of focusing on the business, the business itself, or, you know, what about um, if you're more interested in focusing on the the craft that you're trying to use. Uh, some people are not business-minded people, you know, and they need, everybody needs to know, I guess, a little bit of something about the business, but some people actually need to maybe have a partner or someone to, to go with them or someone they hire to help them with the business management, because I think, in my opinion, that's why a lot of small businesses fail. Fail. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do it some people own, I mean. don't. Right. Go ahead. <clears throat> Well, also, you can't do it on your own, and it's good to have someone who can guide you. I mean, my a lot of a lot of the good things that happened to me being a business owner is running into people who did some of the things that I needed to make my business work. Like I wound up training the guy who was my tax guy for like fifteen years. Mm. So, kind of advice would you give? Um, a, a person that is, is, you know, has a particular skill or a particular interest and wants to cultivate that into a business. Uh, I mean, I know, for example, right now there's a lot of people that are, are hiring for their own businesses, but maybe mm-hmm. it's not, that's not what's be, what you're being called to do. So maybe you're being called to something else. What type of advice would you give? I would tell someone, I mean, it's a difference between something that you're passionate about and something you're trying to make a living from. You can be passionate okay. about something, but can you make a can you do enough of it to make a living? And if it is what you want to do, work your job for at least work the current job you have for at least six months to a year. Mm-hmm. If you can, okay, yeah, that way you have revenue coming in. Because a lot of times people go into business and they don't realize that they need working capital. Right. Right. So you need to learn about business credit. Yeah, you need to learn about business Mm -hmm. credit and how to make your business because now you're becoming a brand. And so you want Mm -hmm. your business to be stuff, and you don't want to personally be guaranteeing your business. You personally, you want your business to guarantee the business. Right. Right. We're going to take another quick break. We're here with uh, Marion Trainer. We are talking about his business. Uh, It's Small Business Month. And the number, if you have questions or comments, is 516-387-1944. You may have something to share that we all need to know, so don't hesitate to call. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time, and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, 
Let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, We are talking several things. We are talking um, business. We are talking school. And we're going to talk a little fitness now. We're here with Marion Trainer, And the number, if you have questions or comments, is 516-387-1944. So, Marion... Yes. Let's see. Let's talk about the kids. Let's talk about fitness okay. for the kids um, and mm-hmm. how we try to keep them healthy and fit uh, without you know, overdoing it. Um, especially, how do we keep them healthy and fit if physical education is not necessarily the priority in school? Wow. Uh there it goes again, you know, the responsibility has to go back to the parent. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't rely on the school system to educate your child, keep your child fit when there was a time that did happen, whatever the circumstances is funding and you don't have, have enough staff to be able to do it, that relies on the parent where there are group classes out there for kids. You just have to go check it out, go online. I mean, it is so much stuff. That so much information and things out there, but you have to pretty much put your child in a position to want to do it, make it fun. And there are a lot of people who do group classes online, and they make it fun. And sometimes kid work, kids work well on a reward system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, sometimes some of that is kind of hard when you have parents that are working maybe a couple of jobs, and they're just like, you know, home, and, and it's like, I'm tired, I, and I don't feel like being physically active myself. You mm-hmm. know, what, you how what's you... important. Okay. All right. And it's called sacrifice. Yep. It's called sacrifice. I mean, I, I personally have witnessed, and I'll tell you a story, I used to sell a program online, and a young lady wrote me a letter, and she said, you know, I get picked on in school, and I'm 5'4", I'm 5'3", and I weigh 200 pounds, and I need help. Mm. Mm. I called her mother, and I told her mother, if you bring her to me, I'll train her for free. Mm. So wow. you have to have a community involved to make these kids, because if some kids go to school and they hate school because they feel so out of place because I might be a little overweight than the normal kid my age. Mm-hmm. So the parents have to take some responsibility for it. What are you feeding them? Mm-hmm. Because their Definitely. health is the most important thing because if your kid is not well and eventually because of being overweight or just eating poorly, what's going to happen is you're going to be having to take time off of work anyway because you're going to have to take them to the doctor. 
So now, how do you get? Uh, first of all, I want to add, I want to go back to something. So the mother, when you called her, did the mom bring the child to you? She she did bring her. Good, good. Um, was was it something that self? Did they did did, did she stick it out? She stayed long enough that she got some results, and for whatever reason, they stopped coming. And I, I would call, and then him. And I understand people have things going on. I really do. But right. you know, we 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 hear the term that children are the future. But if you don't make them a priority for the future, then mm-hmm. what are we what are we telling? What are we teaching them? Right. You're supposed exactly. To, you're supposed to leave the next generation better off than you found it. Right. Right. Because I know for, for me, not necessarily fitness-wise, but I know for me, for my mom and my dad, you know, they did not come from an affluent background at all, mm-hmm. you know, um, both of them country-raised and all that kind of stuff. But there was this insistence, especially on my mom's part, that I was going to be exposed to as much as she could expose me to. You know, so she made sure that that we traveled, you know, a little bit. She made sure that, you know, I had a library card. That was one of the first things I remember was her taking me to the library and rented films to, you know, take back Mm -hmm. to the house and and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it was – there was things – she 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 knew what she didn't know, you know. She knew that yeah. she couldn't te- necessarily teach me a lot on her own, but there were resources, you know. And she went after yeah. those resources to help you. That's the difference. Yeah. yeah. Some people will go into a shell. Well, guess what? Your kid is watching you. So if you're in a shell, mm. what do you think, you think they're not going to be? Right. Exactly. So, so now, kids. We, you know, we now. I, see, I, I guess I was an odd kid. Like, you know, the after school snack. I'd come home and make myself a salad. It's not that I didn't snack on other stuff. But I ended up. I like salads. I still do to this day. Love them. But you mm-hmm. know, we kind of get. You know, we kind of even as adults put vegetables in a bad category. You know, and they mm-hmm. shouldn't be. Um, so how do we get kids? Uh, even even babies like baby food, you know, we want to give them the sweet stuff first because we like the sweet stuff. And I think uh-huh. that a lot of times with with babies, we need to you know acclimate them to a variety of types of foods. Maybe get them used to the stuff that's not so sweet first. Um, same well, with kids, you know, get them used to stuff that is not going to be so sweet. Because you, I mean, I have a cousin right now. He's not in the sweets that much. You know, he can't do them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that works well for him. You know, me, I'm like yeah. a life's not complete without a d- dessert person, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I need to change. <laughs> <laughs> and and that is true because you basically modeling what you grew up with, and sometimes mm-hmm. the only thing that changes that is getting more knowledgeable. Like, right, what what has sugar done to us? I mean, right, right. now, if you want to know about anything that. We talk about the gateway to learning is basically learning how to read. Uh, reading, like I said, you go, first go to school, I think first through third, you basically learn to read, and then after that you read to learn. So I, you want to hope that everybody gets that, but mm-hmm. the library card, what people don't understand, the library card was 
it was your gateway, and plus it was filled with so much knowledge. That's how mm-hmm. I learned about Electric Company or Sesame Street. Right. And and they made learning fun. Mm-hmm. And right yeah, now, I, I don't mean, know. I mean, it, who, I guess we're dating ourselves, but who, there, there's people out there like, Schoolhouse Rock was the jam, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. Know? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'm just a you, bill. <laughs> just, <laughs> Yeah, you learn to build rights by looking at the little cartoons. Yeah, so it was right. fun. Learning was fun. Exactly. It's not like you were going to learn everything, but it gave you just an incentive, or at least something that that um, you knew a little bit of something about. And that was Schoolhouse Rock was just. I, I wish there was more of that now going on for our kids instead of just. There's some to me. There's so much more uh, politics and and. Uh, trying to get make everything PC in the schools mm-hmm. and and there's and I really wish there was a way to look at what the breakdown is in terms of percentages when when the kid goes to school how much of that percentage is is learning how much of that you know percentage is extracurricular how much of that percentage is, is has has to do with safety how much of this you know other stuff there's there's so many other things you know there's anti-bullying campaigns going on unfortunately mm-hmm. but you know i mean you have to kind of have that to counteract some of the the treatment that these kids are getting because parents are not hold let, you know holding their kids accountable and they're not allowing teachers and principals to hold the kids accountable in some cases well the, so. the schools are walking on eggshells because everybody's afraid to get sued uh mm-hmm. you can't you can't say certain things to a kid because if they go home and embellish it and the parent comes and just act up, they're going on just what the kids say without learning the whole story. Right, right. So and that's not right. Teachers are starting to feel like they're working on eggshells, so they're not going to teach as freely as they normally would because if I got one kid being unruly and if I have to put him out, he says, I'm not going nowhere. So now we got resource offices. So you have to bring that in mm. so class is being disrupted. So everything is uh, disruption now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the thing about it is, too, uh, with <clears throat> that, that's part of the reason why we're having the teacher shortages. Because you mm-hmm. have a lot of people that said, you know, I would like to teach kids, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want the next word that comes out of my mouth to land me in jail. You know, yeah. it it's yeah. too much of a high risk, low wage job right now. Yes. Yes. And so they've they've got to figure out a way to to balance that and 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 parents have got to teach their kids to not act up in school. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, <clears throat> behavior whatever behavior is going on at home, that's not necessarily acceptable in school. Well, you know they say care that begins at home and spreads abroad. So you you yep. have to you have to let your kid know they might be acceptable while you're here, but out there the world is not going to be kind to that. Yeah, ain't, it's not going to be cute in the world. And sometimes we yeah. just don't talk to our kids. Give them a no. give them some electronic equipment. Uh, give them some food, and that's another thing wrong with them. Give them some fast food and give them some electronic equipment and going off into your corner and leave me alone. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that fast food is is just um, parents have got to figure out a way to. And I know like we we got time constraints and everything, but like you were talking about, sacrifices have to be made, and parents have to figure out a way to you know make the the food accessible to the child. Teach the child how to shop for the right food. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Teach the child how to read labels. Teach the child how to count. When you're talking about math, here's a way mm-hmm. you can use math. Teach the child how to count calories. All right. Yes. Te- you know, the, like what I was talking about in terms of whatever they're learning in school in terms of the basics of uh, math and reading, need to learn how to, they need to learn how to apply that to real world experiences. You know, teach the child or let the child learn how to grow a garden. You know, Uh, there's a lot to, there's a lot uh, to learn when it comes to trying to do a garden. Well, I think to get your kids to be able to understand, and you can probably take them as young as age three, take them to the homeless shelters and take them to Mm -hmm. go feed the homeless. So they can understand that all the complaining you were complaining, now that you see somebody that's without, why are you complaining? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. T- take the child to an orphanage, maybe, mm-hmm. to, if, yeah. that, if that's allowed. But to see, you know, you, you're a little blessed. You have, you know, at least one parent. You have someone in the home with you on a regular basis. You And, you know, you have these children that unfortunately are in a system that uh, unfortunately they may get lost in and they may not be, they may not have the advantages that you do, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, there's so much that goes into that because it's what, you know, television has taught people like you should be living like this. And sometimes people live above their means. Now you realize you have children that are living above the means have consequences. That's where stress mm-hmm. comes in at. And then you mm-hmm. say, I don't have time, or I don't have this, I have to do this. But if you just put some sacrifice, because it takes sacrifice having kids. And you shouldn't, and I say it, you should not have them if you're not willing to make that sacrifice to teach them to be a better human being. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Watch your kids because they are watching you. Right, right. And you know, we we've got to get we've got to get people to understand what you know that there there has to be sacrifice. Um, you know, and that is a word that's kind of almost taboo now, but it's necessary that mm-hmm. we bring the focus back on on sacrifice. You have to sometimes give up or forego something for something better. Everything has a price. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, we need to kind of just kind of we we have to relay stuff where it makes sense in terms of real world decisions. When you buy something, you sacrifice a certain amount of money to get mm-hmm. that. So you decrease what you have in your purse or or wallet for a good or service that you feel is necessary. You can't keep the money and have the good or service. Okay. No, so you right. have to make a decision. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? So and we, we have. Just the, the education of all ahead. this doesn't just begin in school. 
you have to search mm-hmm. for things outside to educate yourself to not only just help right. you but also help your child. Right. Right. Now I've gotten way off track. <laughs> with the, with the <laughs> well, it's a passionate stuff. topic. We yeah, talk about the is. kids. It's passionate. <laughs> yeah. Because people's got to understand, you've got to get these kids right. These kids have to get on the right track because when you get older, these are the kids that are going to be mm-hmm. adults that are making decisions for you. These are going to be uh, your do- your doctors, your lawyers, your you know yep. teachers of your kids, um, you know teachers of um, you know your grandkids and stuff like that. Yep. Um, these are going to be your government officials. Uh, so you have to make sure that they're well formed, you know, as much as possible. And you have to teach them what is right or wrong, you know, and it's on you because no one else has that type of vested interest in your child. Yeah. I mean, we all want the best for all of the children, but in terms of specific needs, you know, the parent has to be there to, to provide that. No one else is going to be able to do it. And that is true. Uh, yeah. That is so true. So okay, let's get let's get everybody because and, and I want I want to talk about the groundwork that needs to be laid, you know, fitness wise because we are getting into that season starting in a couple of months, you know, with kind of snowballs from uh, Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas mm-hmm. and New Year's, you know, <laughs> so. There are certain things that you can do now, though, to make sure that you develop a habit, uh, a fitness habit, a a wellness habit, a plan that you can kind of stick to. And even if you stray off of it a little bit, it's something that becomes routine enough for you to go back to. So can you talk about that? Well, because we come and I call them seasons, and we get into the seasons and people feel like, especially after fall, and we start coming into it, it's getting a little colder. Uh, people want to, they go out less, and they tend to use the excuse, well, I'm I'm just going to kind of relax, and then when January comes, January comes, I'll go at it hard again. And all you're doing is putting yourself on a yo-yo, a yo, basically a yo-yo program. I stressed about being educated, which is why I developed a course called, Marion, it's called onboard101.com, forward slash Marion Trainer. It will give you the basics of why you keep going on the yo-yo, why, how nutrition should be, how your training should be, and when does your body burn body fat? What are, the, what are the steps it takes to burn body fat? Because most people think it's a pill. If give me a potion and I'm going to be okay, but you should also learn it's more than just that. And that's what my course teaches you. It teaches you the basic way anybody can understand it. And it's also part of CEUs also. So, it's, again, I always say you have to educate to participate. So I need to ask you about the, the losing of the fat. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, we my understanding, there's two types of fat, one that develops kind of more into like muscle and, and other that, you know, kind of, you can drop off relatively well easier than the other one. So what I want to find, yeah, the brown fat. So what I want to know is, do you do with, with that? If that is what you need to lose. um, And it seems like diet and exercise aren't doing it. 
do you recommend surgical options for that? Oh, that is that is definitely a good question. So this is what I, <clears throat> this is what I do with people, and you have to assess them, which is why you do an assessment on them. Like someone could come to you and they really have loose skin, and they're saying, you know, can I work out and get this skin tightened back up? Majority of the time, no. The majority of the time, it's going to take because you've stretched the skin so much for so long that it's not going to snap back in place. And that's a lot of times they don't tell people that, even when they go get those surgeries. Mm-hmm. Because the insurance is not going to pay for that part. Mm, okay. Wow. So you have the gastric sleeve, the gastric bypass. You have the, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the, uh, the lap band. Uh, and from my understanding, from somebody I know personally who did it, they liked the sleeve because they weren't limited to certain things that you get limited with the other surgeries. Uh-huh. But you have to have you have to have your mind right to go through all of that. Because it's mm-hmm. not just oh I go to the doctor and give him my money and we take the surgery. They had to give you a psychological evaluation. Right. And there's work to do even after you get the surgery because otherwise you can fall back into old habits, um, you know, end up picking back up some of the the weight and oh, fat, yeah. and then you can do more damage as a result. Three to five right? years. Yep, the first three to five years is the toughest. It's usually when people fall mm. off. Mm. All right, so... So basically, with weight loss, there may be some, it, it, depending on how much weight that you've gained, with weight loss, mm-hmm. there just may be some, you know, tissue, some skin, whatever, that you're just not going to be able to get rid of. And, and no. or, Okay, so just we just need to make that clear that just because you lose, you know, weight or you lose fat, uh, that doesn't mean that it snaps back into the place like when you were twenty something. Uh, it's just not no. going to happen, <laughs> you know. Especially too, and, and I wanted to ask you too. Water plays a big hydration plays a big role too in terms of elasticity of skin and, and whatnot, and also in, in terms of weight loss. Oh, absolutely. I mean, here's the thing, and people have to understand this. And there's articles that that are being written now. Is water enough to hydrate you? You can, but everybody's so concerned about how much water should I be drinking. Well, <clears throat> I'm a kidney transplant patient, so water was like the big topic. Mm. And after some months going back and forth with my doctor, he said, I told him I was drinking 160, 170 ounces a day, and he said you could get well those hydration tablets, and now hydration stuff is everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And you can get those and put in your water, and you might be able to drink half of the water that they're telling you, like, they might say drink a gallon, but you might only need 40 ounces or 50 ounces that day because now the water, you have an additive in there for hydration, which is sodium, potassium, and magnesium. Okay. Hmm. I have this not helps you replenish that. your electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It made but a big difference. That, okay. Speaking of that, um, I've heard some people say that they have recommended adults drink Pedialyte. And I was, oh, I, I was kind of surprised. Huh? I mean, it's, it could be in a certain circumstance you could drink Pedialyte because Pedialyte will hydrate you real quick. But you best, this is what you would need to know. 
when you buy that that tall bottle, you're like, oh, this should be enough. That bottle probably might last a day or two if you drink it like mm. the instructions say. Okay. Hmm. And the reason right. why you should read the ingredients on everything is making sure how much sugar is in there versus how much fiber you need to offset that sugar. Right. And that that's key to your reading labels for, for sugar and for sodium, too, because you mm-hmm. can tip the scale too much in, in either direction, you know, so that's very important. You need important. a certain amount of sodium. You need a certain amount of sodium because the body does work on sodium, but you mm-hmm. don't need to overdo it. People don't look mm-hmm. at sodium when it comes to uh, certain meats that they might eat or certain foods that they probably didn't rinse well and let sit so the uh, the sodium can fl- come to the top and you can pour it off of it. So it's, it it can be simple as you make it or it can be hard as you make it. Okay. All right. Marion, how do people reach out to you? Where can they find you? They can go to MarionTrainer.com. They can sign up. You give your first name and your email address and the automatic message will come to me, and I'll give you a welcome welcome aboard. We don't email, we don't spam you. We just give important information that's pertaining to what we're talking about and reason why you signed up. And I'm on Facebook as uh, at at uh, Marion Trainer, and I'm on mm-hmm. Instagram at Marion Trainer. And then also too, again, what was the name of that program that you developed on board? It's on board, O N B O A R D, on board, on board 101.com forward slash Marion Trainer. On board 101.com forward slash Marion Trainer. And you'll see a three minute video which will explain it and break down the, the 12 modules of it. And it's, it's really good. And if that doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. So it's, it's really a wonderful course. Well, Marion, thank you for your time. And, and um, congratulations for your, uh, you know, staying in business because we we know it's a tough road. Uh, a lot of businesses don't don't last, you know. So um, yeah. appreciate what, you, what you're you doing. So you have a blessed day. Thanks a lot. Uh, you're quite welcome. Thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. And please don't forget, if you have topics that you'd like for us to cover, you know, we can get a speaker or someone that can give us information on the topic that you're interested in. We'd love to address it. We're going to make some changes in the show pretty soon. So, um, you know, just keep a listen out for that as well. Uh, This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.